I am uh, beyond happy to have uh, our good friend and uh, really just one of the best agents out there, professional, positive, productive, all the things that we like at Monument Realty. But I've known him before Monument Realty, and he was all those things before then. We're talking about, of course, Mr. Brandon Small. And uh, Brandon is one of those guys that once you uh, encounter him, whether you're a client or just a colleague or somebody working on the other end of a transaction with him, you come away very impressed with his, his knowledge, his professionalism. I mean, he's just, he's one of the hardest working guys out there, but he stays so cool, so smooth with it and just does a tremendous job. And he's uh, just exceptionally productive, uh, uh, close over. I, I won't say the number cause not everybody understands when you put the numbers out there sometimes, um, uh, of the multiple million dollars of business that somebody closes, somebody will hear it a little differently and think, okay, it's time to hit a brand for a small loan or something like that. So I, I, <laughs> I won't do you quite like that, but uh, I will say that Brandon is in the top 50 of the producers of, out of a thousand here at Monument Realty. So that tells you a lot. And we only do positive, productive professional people so needless to say he's got to be moving a lot of houses to be in that position and so what we're going to do is just kind of talk about his uh, his 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 uh, move here from california because he's not a native texan he moved here from california he had some real estate experience in california but came to texas brand new uh to the state of texas and to the dfw area and it was he and his, his wife and two small kids and no other options. He had to make it work, right? right. And so uh, kids still had to be fed, bills had to be paid, and so he had to make it work, and he made it work in real estate. And real estate is not, you know, it's not, not for the – it's not for the soft-hearted, the ones who uh, you, you got to have a lot of grit to make this work. And so we're going to talk about what Brandon did to make it work, and, and he's doing a phenomenal job and just a great role model for everybody. So Brandon Small, welcome to the program, sir. And thank you so much for having me on. I've, I've been waiting. I'm ready. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to have you move the mic a little closer to okay. you and just kind of have it kind of centered there because for whatever reason it gets a little – distant if you're too far away okay but, so brandon we always like to start by letting people kind of know your personality so we'll ask a few questions light questions at first just so kind of people can kind of figure out how you how you think and how you process certain things and okay and understand what made brandon brandon now first of all though before we get to that uh i do want to extend my condolences um lebron james and the lakers uh were eliminated from the the playoffs i know you're a big LA guy, Lakers fan. You're more Lakers than than LeBron, right? We we adopted LeBron once he got us the championship in 2020. Yes. Okay, so that's I'm, when, like, I'm Lakers. Okay, but okay. now LeBron's a part of the family. Okay, winning that championship. Yeah. So and AD got that same. No, he's a stepchild. We we he's he's there. You know, he's halfway in, halfway out when he balls. So he's halfway in the Lakers family <laughs> right now. We got to see what he does next year. Okay. All right. That's interesting. And uh, I don't know. LeBron acts like, you know, and I think he does this as kind of deflect. I know he didn't really want to talk about the sweep. So he started talking about possibly retiring and all that stuff. So uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be uh, AD running the show with a whole new cast of uh, characters. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> The Lakers. I for those who know me know I've always hated the Lakers. That's that is my least favorite sports organization. Well, yeah, well, I shouldn't say that. They are because Oklahoma is not an organization, a sports franchise. It's just it's a university, uh, kind of a high school, advanced high school situation. OU and Texas A and M. Those are my least favorite. But then right behind them is uh, as far as sports goes, is the Lakers. And well, so, it's a lot to hate on. You know, when you win 17 championships, it, it, it can make people feel a certain way. Yeah, that's not really my issue with them. I just i have never liked them. Uh, 
I was a Boston Celtics fan back in the day in the 80s. And I've always been a lifelong Mavericks fan. And so they've always been kind of just in the way for us a lot. Um, in the way winning? Uh, well, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we've only been around since 1981. The Lakers have been around for, for a minute. So they've collected a lot of those championships before the Mavericks were even in existence. So, okay. yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, <laughs> yay for the Lakers. Now, uh, no fears, though, because LeBron is still going to be playing on the uh, the big screen tonight at the Texas Live. We are hosting a, a movie night. And it'll be LeBron and Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner, and he assembled another super team to try to beat the Goon Squad. So if you're missing um, LeBron, expected to watch him tonight on TV, he won't be there, but he'll be on the big screen at Texas Live battling uh, Martians and stuff. He's always competing, so, you know, <laughs> whatever it takes. Very good. Hey, I, I do want to ask this question, um, and this will let people know a lot about you so if you had to go into a meeting uh full of people from diverse backgrounds different socioeconomic positions but they all have access to get you more business in other words they can make introductions open doors for you Um, but you're going to this meeting it's not really a meeting it's more of a social kind of dinner party situation and it's you and you can invite any guests except your spouse. Your spouse or significant other can't go with you. You have to just pick somebody else. But you can pick anybody alive in the world today. Who would you take to that meeting or that event and why? Who would I take to that meeting? a lot of people i'm trying to think i would say probably uh i don't think you can go wrong with jay-z jay-z okay okay very good so jay so tell me what what do you think happens there what's the dynamic you come in with jay-z and what's happening with the people that see you and jay-z together i think um the influence that he has is going to be gravitating to a lot of people and then on top of that the business savvy side of him where you can relate to how he went from his previous background mm-hmm. to being successful in business okay. and and the lanes of, of, of success that have breached off of, you know, just being around him. Sure, sure. So I think, um, I think it would definitely make me a lot more influential coming in with Jay-Z right, by itself. Right. Well, no, no. <laughs> and that's what you want. You want the people to be like, okay, dang, Brandon knows Jay-Z. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I get that. Uh, for me, personally, if it were, if I had to make that choice, it would, it would come down to um, Barack Obama or uh, Beyonce. I think Beyonce is a little more inaccessible. The president, former president of the United States, is not the most accessible either. But I think. Most people would be extremely intrigued as to why I was there with Beyonce, what that relationship is, can they meet Beyonce. And I also think when they leave, so let's say you've got some older folks that don't even know, they kind of know Beyonce, it's not a big deal to them. Once they go home and tell their kids or their family that, hey, Al Aaron showed up with Beyonce at this deal, yeah. everybody's going to wonder, well, okay, how did that happen? And they'll realize it's a big deal. Even if they didn't think it was a big deal, their family will make them feel like it's a big deal. And so then when I reach out to these people, or I have to call and ask for certain things or need help with something. They will want to talk to me if for nothing else to yeah. figure out how did I end up there with Beyonce. Right. Absolutely. So I think she would be a little more um, beneficial in that setting than Barack Obama, even though Barack Obama would be great person to sit there and have a conversation with and meet other people. There will be some people who are a little political about it and won't necessarily believe or agree with his political, um, his political stances on some things. And so that might be a detriment, but Beyonce, I think you can't, you can't lose. I wouldn't lose with Beyonce. Gotcha. Yeah. Now on the flip side of that, if you were to go to the same party and needed to impress, but I had to saddle you with one guest, and 
pick one of these three. But you're going to have to win business in spite of <laughs> going to this party with this person. I can give you either Mr. Kanye West, Donald Trump, or O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Who you going to the party with? Gosh, on that one. I'd probably say Trump. You would take Trump. Yeah. Okay, okay. Explain that. This, I think you said get business in spite of. In spite of, that's true. So, in other words, you're taking this person. They they will be a little burdensome for you because they're gonna be a lot of people looking at you like really. But you had to pick one of them. Yeah. Uh, so you think Trump would be the? Well, y- Trump's y- a real estate guy. Okay. So if I'm doing real estate. I want the real estate guy. Okay. On top of that, um, yeah, uh, the, I mean, U.S. is pretty much split on him, so uh-huh. I got a 50-50 chance on <laughs> who I'm going <laughs> to impress. Some people are going to look at me sideways. Some people are going to come to me. Okay. So <laughs> that's how I look at it. You know, if I'm trying to do a, a real estate deal, then, yeah, okay. I'm do that. I didn't think about it like that. So, you know, I just I, – I, it's that, it's I, it's not yay. I think he's gonna get me kicked out. Correct. Kanye's gonna say something. He's gonna get me kicked head. out. Right. Uh, OJ, <laughs> he's gonna try to get me in prison. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Trump. Trump gonna he know. Trump gonna be Trump. <laughs> Trump will be Trump. Kanye. Will be, so now, if you give me medicated Kanye. Like so maybe you didn't, didn't, didn't give me that that option of. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't give you that option. But let's say let's say he, Kanye give was me college dropout Kanye. College dropout Kanye. I take that. I would take that Kanye. Yeah, yeah. But it, but the slavery was a choice, Kanye. Slavery was a choice, Kanye. Anti-Semitic Kanye. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Talking crazy, Kanye. Yeah, I think Kanye can blow up your deal. Uh it almost make you think that, but Trump will do the same thing. Trump will blow your deal. Trump will get up there and say something so crazy. To to half of the people. To half of the people. That's the good point. Because there's going to be half. You think it's a solid half, though? You think it's a half? We'll see in 2024, 20, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and, and OJ is just a non-star. Uh, I can't do nothing with OJ. <laughs> I, I can't do anything with OJ. And see, here's the problem with the juice. The juice is going to be in there acting like y'all best friends, too. <laughs> yeah, you know all, what all I mean? Around my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, nah, we, nah we're, we're not associated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The juice. <laughs> and heaven forbid, y'all have steak and stuff, and he got a big old steak knife. Steak knife. knife. Yeah, just the optics, everything. Gloves, all kinds of. <laughs> nah, I, I, just, I don't want that, <laughs> that imagery in me out there like that. Yeah, so we yeah I, I would agree. OJ is a non-starter. Uh, medicated Kanye would probably be okay, <laughs> and maybe it would be Trump. So now here's one thing: what happened though? Because even that half that despises, and I think it's more than half, uh, they can't stand Trump. They are going to at least answer my calls when I call next week to check in. So I think I'm like, dude. What in the world was that? Why yeah. were you there with Donald Trump? Yeah. So Trump probably in a, can, in a I, different way. Yeah. In a different way would be the the ideal. Yeah. One. Wow. Who would have ever thought <laughs> that I would say that? So I don't know. I guess Donald Trump is who who I would be at the party with. That would be the most surreal situation. What's he gonna talk about? What are y'all gonna talk about when y'all sitting there talking to each other? The insurrection and all that stuff. You gonna talk about that? Because I would ask him about it. I I don't know. I think at that point he's just gonna just go and, and, and we have a li- have as little conversation as possible. Just hope <laughs> hope hope you don't talk too much. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well. You you talked me into that one. I'm, I would go. <laughs> I would go Donald Trump. Well, Brandon, tell us. Let's get a little bit of your backstory first because I I think it's. Um, you know, very unique that somebody who was already grew up in in California, Los Angeles in particular, uh, was already in real estate in Los Angeles. You decided to pick up stakes 
and moved to Texas, not Texas where there's family or, or yeah. a long bunch of friends from college or something like you just, Texas was just spot. So tell me about, first of all, tell me about growing up in LA, what, what that situation was like, what, uh, um, what your aspirations were back then when you were growing up and stuff. And then how do we transition and make our way to Texas? Yeah. Growing up, uh, LA, uh, Downey Paramount area is really where I grew up in LA County, which is probably eastbound of LA, maybe about 20, 30 minutes from downtown. More than that with traffic, probably 45 an hour with traffic now, but miles wise. Um, so with that, you know, it was it was definitely a good environment, you know, for kids uh, just just being raised. It was a different time. Like uh, the things I do now, or um, the things I did then, I couldn't see my kids doing now. Like I, you know, six seven years old, <laughs> just being able to go out into the streetlights, come on and stuff right. like that, and taking buses at a young age and riding across town to meet with friends and stuff like that. So it's just. Just different, right? And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just think as a parent, you know, you you kind of want to hold them close to you, but also right. gotta let them grow and stuff too. So I'm I'm learning with that That's process. Right. And so, but you were a kid in the you grew up early nineties, early nineties, yeah, yeah. And so it felt like the world had changed already by then, but I guess still not so much, right? So, so I grew much. up in the seventies and eighties, and so yeah, we were able to leave the house at. Especially in the summer, we'd leave the house yeah. in the morning, and we don't return until, yeah. you know, as the street lights were coming on. But yeah, no, it's just uh, the world's a whole lot different. I thought it had changed even by the time you were growing up, but no, y'all were able to hang yeah, out. We kind of we moved around how we wanted to okay. um, as kids, you know, with 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 boundaries, right? Like I know for uh, <laughs> pretty much my whole childhood, my mom would not let me wear red. <laughs> being in LA. Uh she would always prefer, you know, I wear different colors. Try not to get uh caught up in gang affiliations there. Right. Just even looking like it. So Right. Um right. but no, my my parents they definitely did a, a a great job and grew up in a house with a lot of love and so it was it was good. Gotcha. It was good. As you were growing up, did you ever have any aspirations to go into real estate or what what, what did you want to be as a kid? Gosh, it changed so many times. Um, I think there was definitely a period where I knew I was going to the league, the NFL. Um, <laughs> but then that that came and went. <laughs> what, what, did they come? What, how, how soon did they come and go? Was that about before you even got to high school? It was in high school. Oh, in high school, we thought we were yeah, going to the league. And then those okay. knees started uh, tapping me <laughs> on my shoulder a little bit. <laughs> Let me know. Uh, maybe not, but. Uh, but no, yeah. So it's it was that uh, once I got to college, I wanted to. I always knew I wanted to do something in business. Like, okay. uh, wanted to to own something. Wanted to be able to move how I want to move and have a little bit more control. I just didn't see the the W two nine to five clocking in. I just I didn't see that in cars for me okay. at any time in, in life. So what college did you go to? Uh, I went to Long Beach City College. Okay. Okay. Um, and I graduated with uh, AA in real estate. But how that played out was I actually went there to become a, um, do like, ex- be, be like an x-ray technician, basically. There's another word really? for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Well, I took all the classes. I was on the waiting list to go into the x-ray program. Okay. Um, but they said, you need to take a couple more electives before you can get in. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, I'll take a real estate class, I guess. Okay. And then next day, I know I took all the real estate classes. I was still on the waiting list. And then I graduated. I said, you know what? I, I, let me do this real estate thing. Okay. Since <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Okay. You know? Now, while you were taking the classes, did that make you more interested in it? Or what What made you think to take the real estate classes? Um, I, was, I was reading. Uh, my mom had gave me the uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. Okay. So uh, I was reading that book. And. Like this sounds great, but I don't have any money, so I'm gonna need to sell. I'm gonna need to do something where I can start earning income to be able to to be on that side, okay, on the on the investor side. So I said, you know what? Let me let me go. Let me get the real estate so I can get the knowledge and really learn how to do that. So that kind of motivated me to 
to get started that way. Okay. And so then once you uh, graduate with your associates in real estate, what do you do? You immediately go and work for a real estate company. What do you do? Do you get your license right yes. away? Okay. Yep. yep. So this is probably 2010. Okay. Um. Yeah, and of course by that time, you know, the market was down mm-hmm. because you know 2007, 2008, all that. Right. You know, so that's the first market I knew was a down market. Okay. So I, I I thought you know. It's funny, like, uh, from last summer where we had homes that were going, you know, five, six days on the market, if that. Right. I came in where homes were taking, you know, maybe two or three months to sell. Sure. So I thought that was the norm. So when you see <laughs> market shifts like that, it's like, man, this is a golden opportunity. You got to capitalize while you can because it doesn't last like that. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And so you <laughs> – so the the biz the, the – the market you get into is right after the downturn. We're still we're trying to recover from it. I think Texas probably had a more vigorous recovery because I don't think we hit the the depths of it like some of the other okay. major areas. But still, it was it was definitely a different time. Okay. Um, and so, who do you what uh, uh, company did you go to work for in LA? So I started with um, Prudential. Okay. Which I think turned into Brookshire Hathaway. Uh, did, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, well, I know Brookshire took, took control it's, of It was several. Prudential first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I guess they bought they bought uh, Prudential by Brookshire Hathaway. But yeah. So that was in Bellflower. So I started, uh, I'm a licensed in Bellflower and um, still in open houses. I didn't really see too much success. I was still really young. Uh-huh. Uh, How old are you at the time? I got my license when I was 24. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 23, 24. All right. Um, so, yeah, it was it was an experience trying to understand how this works. But I remember getting that first check, and I was like, oh, man, this is it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is so, it. So it was kind of a struggle at first, but you get that first check, and you're like, okay, yeah, I, I can we can figure this out. We, yeah. We, okay. Yeah. All right. And so did it get progressively better? Did you – what happened? Did you learn more things Man. or start specializing in certain other aspects of it? Or? So it was like straight out of a movie or something. So um, one of my, uh, like the office manager, I gave me the CD of this uh, guy named Bob Wolf in Dana Point. Dana Point's in Orange County, maybe like 45 minutes to an hour away. Okay. And rumor has it, he's like a legend, and there's – he was doing, I think at that time, $80 million by himself. Oh, wow. In production. Wow. Single agent. Okay. Um, So I was listening to his tapes, and then somehow he knew the broker at uh, Prudential, and he convinced Mr. Wolf to speak. So he came and spoke at the Cerritos office. Okay. And when I met him, I walked up to him right away, and I think that's one of my traits. Like, I'm not afraid to fail. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll take that chance, whether that's moving to Texas, not knowing anybody, or just walking up to a stranger and kind of see where that goes from right. there. I'm not afraid of, of that. Yeah, so um, I, I walked up to him. I talked to him. I said, I've been listening to your tapes. I'm, I'm a fan of yours. And, um, you know, I would I would love the opportunity to shadow you one day just to see a day in the life. Right. Um, so he got up. He spoke. He singled me out during his speech. He was like, where's Brandon? And he, oh, okay. and he told me um, to come down to Orange County to come see what he does. Okay. And my mind was just blown. Okay. I was like, so this is how you're supposed to sell real estate. So when you see me in my suits and changing my voicemails every day and the work at the waking up at 445, because him and I used to text at 5 a.m. Sometimes, you know, we still text, but maybe not as early as that anymore. But during the time when I was with him, um, yeah, I got it from him. Okay. Now, did you sw- um, so did you switch brokerages and, and go to, to work Orange for him? County. You moved to Orange County. Yeah. Okay. Because I was driving out there to to learn from him, and gotcha. he said, "Hey, whenever you're ready to make some real money, come on down here." Okay. And I was like, "Is he serious?" Uh huh. He was like, "I got a desk for you. Come on down." <laughs> okay. So I, I I I told my girlfriend at the time, Giovanna, and uh, she was like, "Yeah, let's let's do it." Okay. She stayed working in Long Beach, so she 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 was she was definitely supportive too because right. she's driving forty five minutes down PCH to get to Long Beach, 
and I'm up here or down there in, in South Orange County learning real estate from one of the greatest to ever right. do it. Okay. So it was just an ama- it was just eye opening experience on how much one person can do in one day. Right. So let's just be a lesson to everybody who's listening to this too that you actually had an opportunity to meet him because you weren't afraid to go up and yeah. and just introduce take that myself. chance and introduce yeah. yourself. Right. Yeah. What was the worst? What was the worst that could have happened? He could have yeah. been like, "Hey, do I have time?" Like, right. Or just blow you off. Right. But instead. He, he took me under his wing. Took you under his wing. And took so now you're learning from one of the absolute best in the state of California. Yes. He's, he's like certified. He's won the award, agent of the year, multiple times. and He's solid, just solid. Right. And then on top of that, um, I he gave me access to both sides of it. What I mean of that is like sometimes you'll see a person's personal persona. Right. But then you don't really know what they're like outside of work. Okay. And him and I, um, for example, one time, um, this was after I've been there about three or four years. I had won a couple awards. Um, we went to Australia together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? That was like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. It was a, a, a big convention in Australia, and I got to speak. Um, it was like 500 people got to speak about real estate and my process and everything like that and things I've learned and stuff. So um, it was just really cool. After we got that done, uh, just to see him in a relaxed state and just uh-huh. understand his mindset on how things trigger him uh, to 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 be successful in, in in different areas of life, not just real estate. Okay. So that that definitely was um, you know a, a, an opportunity that I cherished, and it was just an incredible opportunity to do that. Very good. So one of the le- so the were you already. I don't know if you said this already. You spoke to our group earlier today, so I don't want to jump the story ahead of that based on something you said earlier. So, but you you were waking up at four forty five. Yes, was that that the habit back then too, or was oh, it the habit you got from him? I got from him. Okay, so he was waking up at four forty five. Did he, he wakes say, up at five four at four at four? Okay, yeah. yeah. Did he explain why what that did for him? Why did he wake up at four? Yeah, he would tell me his schedule. He's like, you know, I gotta gotta get up. I gotta do my workout. To go to the gym, go to the office, come back home, take a shower, be back. He's been to the office twice before anybody's got there. Okay. And he's already won. Like he's he is the top listing agent. He right. is right. agent of the year, number right. one. He's not chasing the, anybody. He's not it's chasing, all about it's, right. So at that t- at that point, it became a game to him. It wasn't like a, a it wasn't even a goal anymore. It mm-hmm. was just how good can I be at selling a ten million dollar home? How okay. good can I how fast can I sell, you know, this professional athletes, Magic Johnson lives in this neighborhood. Okay. So it's like seeing that mindset of like the professionalism. So even right now, if he was here now, he would tell me, where's your tie? Okay. Okay. <laughs> He's suit and tie okay. every, every day. day. Okay. No matter the weather, no matter right. the situation, right. suit and tie every day. Um, I don't know this Texas heat would have gotten that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little different. Right. And I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming out here with those black suits on. You black suits. You men in black. and ten. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're going to kill yourself. Um, nice. Okay, so that's the, I, I get it. So then he would break down his schedule. One of the things that most people, unfortunately, never do is find a real mentor, right? Somebody yeah. who can... Uh, pour into them yeah. in such a way that uh, uh, it resonates and becomes part of your process. It becomes who you are. And unfortunately, um, I shouldn't say it. Real estate is a pretty giving business as far as agents helping other agents. But it's still a rare situation where you get somebody who's producing at the highest level who would take an interest make in time. somebody? Yeah, make time for somebody who's like new in the yeah. business. It's not there was nothing really that he could get from you. Yeah, it would really be him pouring, pouring into, into you. Yeah. yeah, but he did it. Yeah. And uh, so, did you ever learn why he, you know, decided that he wanted to invest in you like that? Did he ever? He's he's told me. He said he's um he saw a lot of me. A lot of him and me. Okay. Um, in regards to especially the work ethic. 
mm-hmm. because the first year that he moved, because he's not from California either. Okay. So he's from Colorado, and he was he was successful in Colorado, but <laughs> he told me one time the earnest money checks used to be bigger than the commission checks sometimes. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he wanted to put himself in a position to uh, be successful um, and, 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 and live a certain lifestyle, which he certainly does. Um, so he moved down there and what he did, and it's a let it's legendary. You ask people who've been in the game 20, 30 years, they said for one year straight, every single day, including holidays, he did an open house. So what? Every single day for one year. That's how he started his business down there. Okay. And so obviously he was asking other agents to allow him. He was there. Wow. In every single open house, every day, every single day, like how, how long how was how long was he holding the house open? He would say he would be there from you know some days would vary. So some days he told me he would be there from the beginning to the end. If he didn't have any buyer appointments, gotcha. like, where else would he be? Right, because his his mindset was you know instead of sitting in the office you know drinking water you know making copies and stuff like playing agent right while like some agents do okay he was like put me in a position where if somebody walks in i have an opportunity to become their agent to right. provide value to right. to grow my business right. to build that contact so that was his mindset he found an open house that was you know near the water and it was overpriced and everybody wanted to see it um and he just built that that database and from there it just snowballed and um i think that's another thing that i took from him was the open houses but also like focusing on one like specifically having a certain area right like if you look dana point laguna beach laguna Niguel, like that's his area gotcha you know there's, there's different areas where he he sells every now and then but he targeted within a five mile radius of his house and now that's where he dominates so I'm like and so you've you've picked up on that so you do absolutely. that now so you you're very dominant DeSoto Red Oak uh that that whole well really the whole best southwest area that we always call you know with whether that's Southern Oak Cliff DeSoto Cedar Hill Duncanville Lancaster um all of that in there and so I've noticed that yeah you'll do transactions other places yeah. But the bulk of your listings are in that area. Yes. And so the mindset behind that is, uh, obviously, you have a greater knowledge of this area through repetition. Uh, repetition. Yeah. And and also through being kind of invested in the community. That's where you live. Yes. And so you know what's happening there. You can speak on what's happening there, and also. You're a contributor, right? You you are part Go to the of the events, sure. city events. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very involved. Right, right. And that involvement allows more visibility. People see you. They see that you're not here just to try to get business, but you are part of this community. Yeah. And so that has allowed you to become it's almost self fulfilling prophecy, even more dominant in that area. The more you know, the more dominant you are, the more dominant you become. And uh, and you 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 really honed in on that, and decided that you know that was going to be your spot. You were going to plant your flag there, and they were going to know you in that part of the metroplex. Yeah, yeah. So and it's and that was by design too. So just to finish off on the California side of it, um, what I had to do was really. Once we got to a stage, and and the the business in California was actually like yeah, I finally got it to where I wanted it to be. It was like okay. it was it was consistent, good price point, good database. Uh, but we came to the point where my wife and I wanted. Uh, we just fell in love with Dallas. Okay, we just did. Now, how how does that happen? Because you told me you you all came. Did you come visit somebody specifically? Yeah, okay. yeah. So my friend, um, Dave and his wife Kristen up in Frisco. Um, they moved out from, you know, well, he can't, he moved out from LA as well. When I went south to Orange County, he went to to Texas and, mm-hmm. uh, we would come out and visit. So, you know, they took us, of course, to the Cowboy Stadium and right. different things like that. And it just, it just had a different vibe to it. The Dallas DFW area just uh-huh. 
you know, of course, California with the beaches and, you know, all that comes with that. But um, we were just thinking, you know, raising a family, I think this is this is where we want to be. And that was definitely the hardest conversation <coughs> I had to have because I love my mentor. I still do. We still mm-hmm. talk. Um, but I knew I had to I had to tell him, like, you know, we're going to be making a move to Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's so tough. when you tell him that, what does he say about that, about you deciding to go to Texas a lot of places? Um, he knew I was visiting. I don't think he knew I was actually going to do it. Right. Um, it, it was, it was tough. Um, he said, you know, understand you got to do what you feel is, uh, right for the family. And, um, if I, and he tells me this every time I talk to him, if you ever, ever want to come back, I got a desk for you. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, right. uh, but it's all love. Um, you know, I definitely, uh, every time I go out there, I, I, I go down. To, to meet with him. And, okay. You know, just always tell him, thank him. I'm always going to be forever grateful for him. And another mentor that I met through him, uh, a guy named Richard Flint, he's like more of a, um, a life coach. I was going to say motivational, okay. but more, he's a life coach. He's definitely able to, uh, he helped me with my mindset of, um, of trusting myself. Because when you move to an area and, you know, you kind of, it was, Kind of similar to what was in Dallas, but um, being able to to be yourself in who you are because it, it reflects how you operate with your business. Right. If I'm feeling like I'm trying to be who somebody wants me to be versus being Brandon, mm-hmm. uh, it it can play a role, and then also it won't allow me to to reach the highest level of potential and growth that I should have. So. Yeah, Mr. Flint played a big role. Of course, Mr. Wolf, and um, but it was time. You know, we me and Mark got to a point where, like, you know, it, it's it's time to do it. And then the craziest thing is we decided on DeSoto from a YouTube video that I realized we weren't the only ones who saw that video. <laughs> it was a video. It was just like it. It just it just I was like, this place is real. It was it was a really cool video. It was a, okay. Do you do? Uh, it's can still you, out there. I was gonna say, can you still find it? Yeah, it's I can still, still okay. find it. Okay. Well, I, I would like to find the people who was in the video. Okay. What you know how that all came together? But all right. It was just really kind of selling you on the city, and um, we were like, let's 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 do this, and she's always been supportive of me. Okay. Uh, from. Gosh, I've had so many other things outside of real estate from age eighteen where I was. Cutco selling knives and Herbalife selling vitamins. And okay. None of it really stuck, uh, <laughs> but she was always supportive. So you're doing Cutco. Okay. You know, Cutco used to be, back when we were at Keller Williams, Cutco was a uh, was a uh, one of the, the big uh, vendor partners. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Where they put your name, you know, for your client's name and stuff on the knives. Yeah. And stuff. You yeah. were doing that? I was doing a little, a little presentation where you cut the penny and... <laughs> I, I've never seen them cut the penny. Oh yeah, that's okay. a big one. That was a big seller. You know, oh, once, okay. you, once, you can, <laughs> once you can show somebody these knives are so sharp, we can cut right through a penny, and it, it, yeah, it was it was a whole training, it was a whole thing, man. But um, yeah, the process of of getting to real estate was a crazy process of a little bit of everything. From I think my first job, I was a Referee at a paintball uh, park. Okay. So uh, I used to get shot every night. <laughs> and I realized this wasn't for me. All right. All right. And I did some time at Disney. <laughs> oh, did you really? I was a greeter. Okay. Well, I saw you when you had that uh, that that Kobe Bryant get up on that, that, that uniform. And you had like a big uh, pirate's uh, ship. Uh, oh, little, yeah. The little steering thing. Yeah. What do you call it? That's not a steering thing. What do you call it? Like the wheel. Yeah, 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 the wheel. Was that at Disney? No, that that was on the family cruise. My my uh my parents allowed me to you let you do that, dress like to, that to on the cruise. That, yeah. Oh man! And I'm sure I'm gonna have those type of moments with my son, so I got to give him a little bit of grace. But you got to realize, early 2000s, everybody's wearing two X, three X shirts. Yeah, that, that that was the head, the Nelly headband. Yeah, you had all that. Band aid, the gloves, the. The gloves. I don't remember the gloves. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. We used to wear baseball gloves just to. Yeah, but y'all did crazy stuff in L.A., though, because that was home of the Jerry Curl, too. You know, y'all y'all, y'all broke that Jerry Curl out before everybody else. I missed the Jerry Curl stage. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. 
I'm glad you did, but I bet your dad had one. I'm sure he did. Yeah, he actually did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He would have been of the age. Because California's different on that. Yeah, you know, y'all, yeah, they were quick to embrace that Jerry Curl and, uh, I mean, just, you know. It was, it was a different time in life. Right, right. The outfits and stuff, everything was just a little bit different. Just a little bit different. We were trying, I don't know what y'all were doing, really. It looked like it was, I, I don't know. But, yeah. It was a different time. But, yeah, California. So that's why you were looking like that. So you had on the <laughs> <laughs> you had on the whole whole of uniform, but you had the Nelly, Nelly uh, cap on. And I don't remember the gloves, though. That I think that was another photo. Good. Same crews, different photo. Okay, good. I'm glad I never saw that one because we might not have hired you at, uh, at KDAC. Oh, I wouldn't have got through the, <laughs> the, the seals and all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, that was, that's the monument. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, no, 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 okay. no. You you had proved yourself at KW. I'm saying okay. when you come across that picture early on at KW, I was like, well, but this dude got on gloves and motorcycle. What was the like driving gloves? Baseball gloves. Baseball gloves. Like a, like a batter. Right. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It, really. We we you know. Wow, that's crazy, man. Well, we you know we we set trends too. So well, you know. I mean, y'all thought y'all were, and people were following those trends. People were doing that, you know. I, um, I will say this: I never had a Jerry curl, right? My dad was not. Were going you for able that. to? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, I had a, I had a fro at one time. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, no, no, no. This okay, did, this didn't happen until later in life. That I just okay. nah, probably after college, it started started getting a little. A little thin, and we just went on to cut it off. But okay, uh, so no, I could have. I had a fantastic, fantastic was that that middle ground where you, it was dry, you know, I mean, it wasn't wet. You know, y'all y'all were rocking those wet curls. No, it, just, it just looked wet. No, they were wet because y'all were staining <laughs> up stuff. You that was on the movies. No, <laughs> no. You talking uh, about let your soul glow? Yeah, y'all letting your soul glow. <laughs> y'all messing up the headrest on your cars and your. Pillow, pillowcases and all that stuff. You know, y'all real drippy, right? I, yeah, I guess they were. Yeah, but you you were born a little after that. But yeah, that's the kind of stuff y'all was. Especially y'all y'all, you know, in California y'all was setting black folks back a little bit back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we digress. So you <laughs> you you make your way to Dallas, um, and you told me that the and and now we know the Desoto. Was because of that video. Now, did the video y'all get to DeSoto on the basis of this video? Yes. When you get to DeSoto, does DeSoto match up to the video? Y'all good with with when you get to DeSoto? You like, dang, do we get we get bamboozled, hoodwinked, no, led astray? No, I wouldn't say it was a hundred percent match, but it was close enough. Okay, okay. Because I I had never experienced like seeing black people in a position of power okay on okay. a regular basis okay like black judges black city hall black gotcha. mayor black gotcha. i've never seen that gotcha. um and it wasn't just um based on that but it was definitely a, a i wanted um to be in a place where i felt like i could be myself be comfortable in my own skin gotcha gotcha um and also see people doing positive things right. too. Gotcha. So yeah, it was a little bit of combination of both, plus just the overall Texas lifestyle. Like you know, I felt like there was just so many, di- and there are so many different things to do with the family or the wife, and it's 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 just been a really good experience. Gotcha. Okay. So you get here, you don't have a base of, uh, you know, you don't have a sphere of influence here. Um and but you got to make it because you get here your wife now was did your wife was she working when y'all did she get a uh, job here when y'all first not, got here? not right away right so it was on you yeah and these two kids and you decide to go the way of real estate you didn't do another job and try to do this part time you were saying hey look I've done this yeah I mean man I've done it here in Texas but I can I can do this. What gives you the confidence, and then what do you? How do you set up your day to try to figure a way to be successful at this in a brand new place? Yeah, well, the confidence really came from uh, 
my friend and my wife telling me over and over and over, you know, you can do this in Texas, right? I don't know, you know, because it okay. was just I I wasn't a hundred percent sure that I could because, you know, you got to get a different, a whole different license. It's different rules. It's all kind of you know. So it's like starting over, and mm-hmm. I felt like this would be my third time starting over in real estate, or my second time starting over in real estate because I had you know started in L.A., moved from L.A. to Orange County, had to start over, moved from Orange County to Dallas, had to start over. So I'm like, I, I was really kind of hesitant on that but mm-hmm. once we finally made the decision it was just hey we it's sink or swim and we ain't sinking so did you what job before coming did y'all just kind of save up a little something and just say make the move i or? think we had maybe two or three months it okay. wasn't like two or three years it got right 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 <laughs> we had a couple months to figure it out okay um so that's exactly what we did we just we kind of like just got focused and then I believe at that time we only had one car, so we right. we were making it was it was a it was a struggle. It was literally situations where my wife would drive me to the open house. I'll set up. She'll take the car. Go take the kids. I'm done with the open house. <laughs> she she'll go get the kids. Come back. Pick me up at the open house. Then we'll all go home and eat and stuff like that. It was weird. <laughs> It was it was it was definitely a situation that happened. I want to say it was like January twenty third because it's one of the moments where you just remember. Okay. Of seventeen, which is you know, um, or no eighteen because I moved out seventeen of eighteen, and I was just like, did I just make the biggest mistake of my life, leaving this Orange County, right? Selling million dollar homes, average price point. You know, it was just to come here, right? To start over. My money's getting low. Did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? And mm-hmm. I was like having an anxiety attack. And you remember January twenty third, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Wondering what in the world did I just do? Yeah. So how do we come off that edge? How do we? How do we not? <laughs> what <laughs> what brought you back? Too. Yeah. Um, that's when I called my life coach, uh, Mr. Flint, uh-huh. and it just so happened. Uh, he gets different speaking arrangements around the U.S. Uh-huh. And he had one in Grapevine at the... Uh, uh, Gaylord. Gaylord. Okay. So, um, met up with him, got a chance to talk, got a chance to breathe, um, and just really focus on, you know, thinking long-term, thinking about my why, thinking about the goals I want to achieve in life, and really being in a position to assess everything. And it's it's a process. It's it's not. There's no overnight success. You definitely gotta really. If it's something that's important to you, you gotta you gotta fight for it. You gotta keep going. You gotta fight through adversity. Right. And that's what I did. Okay. That's what we did. Right. It was all four of us were going through adversity <laughs> that first year. <laughs> so where do you get your your initial client? So when you get here, you don't have that sphere of influence. So yeah. where are your clients coming from initially? Initially, um, started out as soon as I get my hands on some open house signs or doing open houses. Um, really, because that's what I was doing in California that I had good success with. Um, being able to meet people, being able to connect with them, get their contact information, uh, show them I'm a professional, and um, just really doing that. So, initially, when I first came out here, I remember doing open houses very frequently. I think my first Really good open house. Uh, I got as a referral. I think I might have got the referral from you uh, on the house in uh, Cedar Hill. And I was working that thing every day. Every day. Maybe I, I, maybe not. Let's say this. At least three to four times a week I was doing open houses there. Okay. okay. So, now, and what you pointed out to us in a previous deal, a little session we had earlier, is that while you were in California, you you – the, the process there was you guys were having open houses on across the week. It oh, was yeah. like that's Tuesday the, at two. Those are the serious time. people show up then. Yeah. yeah. But also I think another thing you got to factor in is like the lifestyle of the people who lived in those areas. True. A lot of them are already set financially. So they're not, they're most likely not working during gotcha. the week. Gotcha. So, you know, they're on the way to the beach or, you know, they're buying a second home in California uh, for business or something like that. So 
it was uh, definitely, that definitely played a role. And I think the main thing that I had to adjust to here in Texas was really getting that vibe of when do people come and what are they expecting and what other agents aren't doing. Right. So I can do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, that, that kind of helped me build up the database. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And you did it quickly. I mean, I was there to witness this. I saw it happening. And you would even, you know, in your your, your black suits and stuff you were doing, <laughs> you were knocking doors in that Texas heat. You did yeah. eventually move to polos yeah. uh, walking around. But uh, you were getting success. from Now, a lot of the door knocking you were doing in support of open houses. So I know you were walking, canvassing the neighborhood, letting them know you were having an open house. Come on by. That allowed you to meet some more people. Yeah. What was kind of give us that that kind of the, the play by play on that? What how you did that? You would open hold an open house and then do what prior to the open house? I prior guess. to the open house, yeah, just just going around knocking to different neighbors, making them aware of the open house, whether that's the day of or the day before. Just really trying to bring awareness to it uh, because finding a different way to to connect with people. You know, because the signs can only do so much, uh, online can only do so much, but uh, it's the neighbors who really know the neighborhood, can tell you the backstory about the house that maybe the seller doesn't even tell you. Sure, sure. So it's uh, all of that plays a role in being able to to put it together and um, and to win in this market if you really want to. Right. And I would also imagine knocking doors and being face-to-face with people yeah. would expedite the building of rapport with these oh, yeah. folks, too. So if they did open the door and y'all did get to speak, yeah. you got to build some rapport much quicker than just talking to somebody over the phone or somebody reading a letter that you sent over there to them. Yeah. I think the only thing that's kind of changed a little bit is now everybody's got the cameras on the house. (laughs) Right. So now you got to practice talking to a little camera. (laughs) Right, right, right. That is a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, everybody has a ring camera. Everybody has a ring camera now. So uh, that I I think that's kind of played a little bit of a role. But, yeah, at 18, 19, the doors were still opening for sure. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So you get that going. You start to do really well. I know in that very first year when you were there with us at, at KW, you had already you, you were capping. You you know, for those who don't know what capping is, basically he he made enough money um, in commissions to where he capped. He didn't have to pay a, a, a split with the office anymore because he had done enough business for that. And I know that was a big goal of yours to get in and start capping. Yeah, and uh, and that's that's funny you saying that now because now capping has a different meaning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cap- yeah, cap- <laughs> capping is a little bit different, right? Uh, but that's what caps what capping means in real the, estate in world. the world of real estate. Okay. So, uh, and so you got busy doing that and doing great with it, yeah. and you were doing a lot of buyers though, a lot of buyers yes. and. We know buyers are very time consuming. It takes a lot to do with that. And then it felt like kind of overnight you realize, look, I got small kids, I got a wife, going all over the Metroplex, running behind 10 different buyers at one time yeah. is not sustainable. Yeah. And so you decided you were going to shift your business, still work with buyers. You still work with buyers all the I time. Do. Yeah. But you want to shift and make listings, the actual houses, putting them on the market. You were going to make that a priority. Yeah. And so um, how did you do that? How, how did you make that transition to making that more of a priority? Uh, just really being intentional about it. It was definitely something that uh, I've noticed even with my mentor in California, um, a lot of his stuff was was coming from, the listing side. He worked with buyers too, of course, but his signs were just everywhere. And, and a lot of people would, you know, just based off of his signs and, and, and the other thing that he did, he would have these listings, but he wouldn't even have to hold them open. Right. Uh, so it would, people would just see open house and his signs in the front. He was happy with that. And that's kind of how I got my lane of doing his open houses right. on these different properties. So I took that and said, well, if if I had enough listings to where I can have different agents helping me doing different open houses, and I still do open houses as well, 
but it give me more time to really um, give a higher level of quality to the clients that I work with. Absolutely. Because it's it's tough when you're trying to satisfy 10 different people at the same time and they're in 10 different locations versus if I had, you know, 10 different seller clients I'm working with, you know, that's just, uh, you know, schedule some calls and, and sure. I could handle all that from the office basically. Without and still be effective and still be able to give them uh, the best quality that they can get in the marketplace. And then the 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 number of listings helps your efficiency uh, because the listing itself will bring you buyers, right? right. You've got um, a house here that you're going to get a lot of inquiries on. Only one buyer is going to buy that house. All the others will need to go do something else. So you have as many buyers as you possibly want. But you also made sure that you use those listings to go attract other listings in the neighborhood. Yeah. So it seemed like it was the best, um, you know, best use of time to spend time trying to go get listings. Not to say that that buyers are not great. You want to work with buyers, but you don't want to spend the time going to get buyers. Right, because yeah, buyers will come. You'll be, you'll get buyers. Absolutely, I think most of the buyers that I'm working with now um, are coming as a result of, you know, they need to sell their home to buy a home, or uh, a referral from a past client whose home I probably sold. So it's a it's a it's a different it's a different uh, rhythm that, that that you have when when the listings are coming that way or the buyers are coming that way, but. Primarily, yeah, there was a time when I was focused on um, really kind of focused exclusively on buyers. I was just trying to get some business. Sure, sure. Um, I think all agents go through that stage where they're just trying to get some business. And then now that I'm at a stage where I want to um, grow my business as much as I can while at the same time not uh, um, decreasing the the level of uh, attention that I give to my clients that I am working with so sure. that we can get it done as efficiently and as effectively as possible. So it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So Brandon, let's do it like this. I, I want you to give a piece of advice to anybody who is uh, looking at real estate as a career or they're in real estate already, but it's not, it's just not happening like it's happening for you. If you would give one piece of advice to somebody who might be on that that edge or that uh, who's about to have that break point that you almost had in January of uh, 2018, what piece of advice would you give them to kind of put them back on track? Really focus on your mindset. Um, it plays a big role on how far you go in this business. Um, that was another thing I learned from my mentor was that um, real estate at a high level is played between the ears. That's right. what he would tell me. It's, it's a mindset. It's uh, having the mindset of doing, you know, those tasks, that prospecting that you might not want to do but still doing it. Right. Um, and then also battling adversity. We, we're all going to be tested with adversity inside the business, outside the business, of being able to really have that Mamba mentality of I'm going to do what I need to do to be successful grow my business and, and help my clients get the best possible outcome. And that's, that's how I approach the game of real estate as well. I like it. I like you approaching it with that Mamba mentality. So Kobe Bryant, one of the few Lakers that I, I you know, could tolerate. Kobe was a, <laughs> uh, a great, even more so I get, got to appreciate him more after his passing as we learned more about him and that whole Mamba mentality of his that was, you know, so driven, so focused, driven right yeah. that uh whatever goal whatever he had in mind to try to accomplish that was yeah that was it he was focused on it. you know very much like a, a tiger woods in his prime and that kind of thing it's just like this opportunity is here yeah and whatever i gotta do to 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 take advantage of the opportunity i'm yeah. gonna do it and yeah. so i see that in you i see that that work ethic i would i would say if there's anything i've learned from you that I would like to pass on to others who are trying to do this is the work ethic has to be consistent and always on 10, right? You can't, so for some people say, well, I'm busy, I'm doing this and doing that. Well, if you're kind of half doing whatever you're doing, the results won't be there. And what I've noticed from you is that you go all in 
and stay all in, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and I think that's a big difference between, you know, some agents who do okay or, you know, one day might do okay than the ones who are really killing it. And so you have that. Also, Brandon, I know you are busy. You're also a member of our talent acquisition team. And Brandon's one of his roles in that position here at Monument Realty is to go try to attract other agents like himself or those who have the potential to be like Brandon Small. We want positive, productive, professional people. And so if any of you are out there like that and you kind of want to know more about Brandon, more about Monument Realty, and really just need to get that business engaged, Brandon, is there a way for them to contact you? Absolutely. Um I'm on uh, pretty much all the social platforms. It, I'm on TikTok, but don't TikTok me. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> you're you, you on TikTok in name only. You can you can laugh at some videos, but not necessarily. <laughs> no, the best way to reach me is probably myself four six nine nine eight eight two four zero eight. Other than that, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the Brandon Small Group. Very good. Well, Brandon, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate you spending some time with us, kind of sharing your, your journey and your knowledge, and uh, look forward to the next time. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate all right. It. And everybody who's watching this, please like, subscribe, do all those kind of things. I was supposed to say it at the beginning. I never do. Uh, so just share it, do what you're supposed to do, and we'll see you guys on the next one.